Hey everyone, this is Prashant and I'll be host for the VC10X podcast and today we have Tristan Chambers with us. Tristan is a creator and esports organization owner of VC plus a 15 times founder. In this episode, we talk about Tristan's story and how he started investing, how he operates a startup incubator, VC fund and a venture studio at the same time, how to think about investing in esports, how's the created economy shaping up, how he adds value to portfolio companies and his prediction for future and a lot so without wasting any time let's dive straight in hey Justin, so good to have you on the vc 10x podcast how are you doing i'm doing good thank you for inviting me really appreciate uh you letting me be on the podcast yeah pleasure hosting you so to start things off, uh, can we first have your story and how you started investing? Absolutely. So for me, um, I'm a Roger from Los Angeles. I grew up in a military family in the United States. So I got to live all over the world and, and really experience different things. And uh, on a more professional side, um, my professional journey it, it goes back about 10 years or so where I've been a, a content creator or an influencer as people know these days, um, got into esports, you know, from a very early, you know, perspective in its history, uh, building my first team and working with other teams. And then uh, from there, just gradually uh, have, have kind of uh, been able to bounce into different uh, areas of, of media, sports, entertainment, all sorts of different things. Um, for me, how I got into investing is actually sort of a, a natural progression of um, I've always had a love for finance, for um, you know the stock market, things of, of that nature, and uh, always really you know been asking myself over the last few years like it'd be really great to invest in the companies, but also uh, I knew from you know family who who worked in the, you know the financial space, uh, you sort of had to be an accredited investor, and then eventually. Um, you know, with, with like the Jobs Act and, and, and things of that nature made it a little bit more easier. Um, and as of about six months ago, it's really when I started making the push to be a, an investor in startups. That's great. Uh, and you, you're doing a lot of things. And so you were first a creator and then you became an investor. And and then after, did you, did you start investing uh, from the public markets or was it directly into the startup? At first, it was starting in the public markets. Um, more of a lot of companies that you would expect, so like your Amazons, Google, things of that nature. There was a time where um, I dabbled in a lot of the SPAC companies that were popping up here and there, uh, which was a, a fun period of time for sure. Um, and then, you know, certainly uh, I, I was always advising startups in different ways, uh, both as an influencer and from a business standpoint. Um, but eventually, uh, I got to a point where uh, I stumbled upon Republic and, and WeFunder and, and that sort of opened up the more actual equity investing into you know, startups. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, Spark, I, I went on the website and it's actually multiple things. It's not just a VC firm. It's actually also an accelerator. It's also a startup studio. So it's multiple things. Can you tell me more about how it's organized and how different parts operate? Yeah, absolutely. So Spark, I started it about six years ago. Originally, as a holdings company or a parent firm, really, for the e the esports team that I run, because um, at around 2016, we were in a very pivotal time in the esports industry, where 
uh, broadcast rights, sponsorships, a lot of corporate aspects from traditional sports were coming into esports, and I saw, um, you know, the idea to differentiate ourselves from smaller teams by uh, creating, you know, a, a corporate parent. And so um, from there, eventually over time, um, you know, we dabbled in being a strategic agency, helping people out in the space. And I found that I was starting to really enjoy building startups, really had a lot of ideas. I've always been a very creative person. Uh, and so uh, I blame it on like a friend of mine one day. Um, I had recently graduated high school at the time. And he said, you know, you're like the Warren Buffett of esports. Why don't you just start building your own like startups? And I said, let's do this. And so uh, started building all sorts of different companies o- over time. I think the number uh, is, is around 15 that I built like in a rapid, you know, time frame. Um, and then from there, you know, I really started to get into startup accelerating. Um, I, I knew a lot of the, the startup accelerators here in the Midwest where I live um, and, and talked to them, pitched to them at times. So I really got to learn how they, they think and uh, have done some of that. And then um, more on the hedge fund side of things is sort of, you know, going full circle with how I started investing, you know, just in general, um, being able to invest not only in, you know, the companies that are, are, you know, trying to get to that IPO stage, but also now the companies that went through that and, and you know, sort of being long-term believers in, in companies in different um, sectors and industries. Yep. I absolutely love that tag that your friend gave you, the Warren Buffett of eSports, right? And uh, and since we have you on here, so let's talk about the eSports ecosystem and uh, for, for the audience that not that is maybe not that familiar with this uh, category, can you uh, give us in layman terms what is esports as a c- category, and then uh, how do you look at investing in this category, and what are the themes that are coming up? Absolutely. So for those that really don't know a lot about esports, the best way to kind of describe it is that it's competitive video gaming. Uh, it's a billion dollar industry. Uh, I, I think actually it's higher than that now. I think we reached like a billion dollars as an industry um, in like 2019 or 2020, something like that. Um, and basically it is, you know, people, whether it's teenagers, young adults or adults of all you know, uh, ages and backgrounds um, competing either in solo tournaments or together on, on rosters for some of the most popular AAA titles and even your more independent uh, or uh, very niche titles, right? So, you know, the ones that more come to mind are like Call of Duty. League of Legends, Rainbow Six, Valorant, Fortnite, um, you know, tons of other ones for sure. And, you know, it's uh, really been intriguing to see the space over the last 10 years grow, um, you know, from, you know, this thing where this sort of the the stereotype of kids in their parents' basement playing video games to now like $60 million broadcast deals for, you know, leagues that are $20 million buy-ins and, um, you know, I think some NFL teams have their own esports teams and colleges offering scholarships to people. So there's all those types of things. The certain exciting themes that are happening right now in the esports space is that there's a lot of talk of um, how to really, um, I would say, sort of reinvent, you know, the, the esports organization landscape because traditionally... Um, esports is not a profitable endeavor for, 
um, you know, brands out there like FaZe is, is extremely not profitable right now. Um, actually set to be delisted from the stock market here within like next month or two, I think. Um, you, you look at, you know, and, and if they're just, if they're the biggest, you know, most profitable or uh, most valuable esports organization in the world, you can imagine the hundreds, if not thousands of others out there. Um, I see as well, just a lot of um, development when it comes to, um, you know, different regions and, and different games and a push for more diversity, a push for more independent, um, you know, a, you know, activities and, and things of that nature. So there's always something interesting happening. Right. Absolutely. And if looking at it from a VC perspective, because we have a lot of uh, investors who follow uh, our podcast, so they would uh, want to understand what are the kind of uh, opportunities uh, coming up in eSports, what are the kind of startups uh, like within eSports that they can probably invest in. So can you throw some light on what are the themes uh, they can look at, what are the kind of startups that can actually succeed and have a market in the eSports space? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think there's a sort of um, difference between being successful and profitable, right? You know, there's I, I sort of equate it to um, and I know it's a little bit of a different, um, you know, uh, market, but, you know, let's take broadcast television as a, as sort of an example. There's a network that here in America is known as the CW was widely successful with creating a lot of shows that people love, really got a lot of attention and built a, a fan base, but it was never profitable. A lot of esports teams are very successful, build up these massive fan bases, but either break even or aren't very profitable, uh, you know, when it comes down to it. Um, ultimately, I think the, the areas that people can invest into, um, you know, if, if you're, you know, an angel investor, traditionally is going to be in esports teams, your SaaS companies, your companies that are uh, catering, you know, in the B2B space, or uh, there are some, you know, D2C brands that are really trying to get in. Um, but I think it's more on the data side, more on the uh, commercialized side, more on the, you know, news and uh, analytics and, and, you know, those types of endeavors. I'm sure that there's some others uh, that will pop up. You know, I, I think, you know, the commercial experiences and, and merchandise area of esports has been thriving for some time. Um, so there's always something that um, people can invest into. Right, absolutely. And you being a creator yourself, uh, how do you look at the creator economy and uh, uh, any startups that you've backed in the space? And where do you see the most uh, biggest opportunities popping up? Because I, I believe you've been a creator for about around 10 years now at this point, right? Absolutely. I mean, I remember the, the very early days of the internet before I even started making the YouTube channel. You know, I talk about it all the time. Uh, I have friends of mine that work at YouTube who I know more about the original days of YouTube than they do <laughs> and you know um and, and as far as like the creator economy right now go i think it's at a very um uh, interesting time right like tiktok and the pandemic really helped um i think bring in a whole new wave of creators right because you know you look at short form content uh really the only players we had in the space beforehand were vine which died. We had Snapchat, which has kind of been, you know, eroded by the bigger platform. And then there was Instagram, which kind of filled that void, but also really lost like a lot of the social discoverability, whereas like TikTok has been doing an exceptional job with that uh, and launching many careers, right? You know, Charlie D'Amelio, Kavi Lame, um, 
you know, tons of other, you know, people in all sorts of different worlds. And even if you're just some random person who's making transition, you know, uh, trending videos, like they're always blowing up. So I think there's that. And then you, you, you know, you start to also see, um, especially like in the gaming space, a lot of people like Mr. Beast who, you know, certainly had been in the space for quite some time and had a, a really, you know, a meteoric rise, but over the last two, three years really went from being someone who, had a couple million subscribers to now being the largest individual YouTube channel, helping launch other people's careers, um, creators being able to take their audience and, and the money they make from content and then start businesses and start venture funds and, and doing all sorts of different things. Um, so there's that. And then I think as well, there's just so many companies out there now that are create, um, catering to the creator space, whether it's on the merch side, the, analytics side the b2c lincoln bios um all sorts of different companies so there's a lot of explosive growth uh and i don't think it's going to stop right absolutely i'm super bullish on the creator economy me, me myself being one of the creators right uh and uh, like you mentioned in this conversation that you are a 15 time founder yourself right so uh c can you give us an insight into what are the what were the kind of companies that you founded and uh and how does that play into uh, what you're doing today uh, as a creator and as an investor? How how do you how does that add value to your baby portfolio companies? Absolutely, you know that's a very good question. For me, some of the businesses I, I mean I started out with obviously the the esports team, um, you know not not really thinking it was going to become a you know business. I think like a month from now we celebrate ten years as a, a esports and content brand, which is uh, exceptional to think about. Uh, and for for context, I'm only 23, so I you know I I've spent a large amount of my young adult and and you know my adult years so far um, in this space. And, and uh, some of the businesses I've created are you know um, media and production companies. I've done tournament operators. I've done um, you know I I took a swing at trying to build my own social media company, and then I you know acquired someone else's uh, for the fun of it. Um, I, I helped with building talent agencies for influencers at a small to medium size following. Um, I've done, you know, fan engagement platforms. I, you know, I had a, a small time during the pandemic where I tried running a sort of indie uh, app development company for the fun of it. So there was always something that I tried doing just to, to kind of see where I could go. Uh, and, and do things and there's always some ideas that I have you know one of my my big ones I'm working on right now is a company called replay targeting the 16 to 35 demographic globally with entertainment through books tv shows streaming things of that nature to really rival a lot of these platforms that you see mass canceling shows and losing audiences um and, and so you know there there's one of those I mean I think there's always something that I'm going to be doing, um, you know, and, and juggling like four or five different projects at the same time. Um, you know, it, it's really uh, something I like. And um, I, I apologize. I don't remember the other parts of the question you asked. So that's cool. Uh, and that's incredible that you're always uh, like doing different things. And uh, that is pr pretty evident when you come across that kind of a person. You look at their Twitter bio. And there's five to ten different things which in there, and you clearly know that this person actually juggles a lot of things and enjoys doing different things, uh, and I absolutely love that. Uh, 
And yeah, the other part of my question was about value add. So how do you add value to your portfolio companies? Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, value add, there's a lot of different things I can do uh, for the companies that I work with compared to a traditional angel investor, right? You know, if you think about the fact that uh, someone who invests in a company, you know, their big thing is being able to share with a network and, and get other people investing into the company. Whereas from an influencer standpoint, I'm someone who posts about the company. I share about the companies. I, you know, really spend a lot of time on phone calls with founders trying to understand, you know, where are they at in their particular stage at time? How can I help them bounce? You know, it's a lot of times bouncing ideas with them to, you know, say, hey, you know, growth is going great for you guys, but you're missing this market. Or have you considered adding this to the, the lineup of products or services that you guys are doing? Have you considered X, Y, and Z? They'll make the process uh, a lot better. You know, it's always sort of different things. There's a lot of times companies that I have in my portfolio of investments that I don't reach out to. And it's because they know more about that space than I do. Um, and, and so I try to say, hey, look, if you need my help with something, by all means. But I'm also aware, like, there are some startups that I've invested into where I'm like, again, you more, you know more than I do. And the only thing I can really do is like sit back and wait to test out the product. So, um, you know, additionally, one thing I do to add a lot of, um, you know, eyeballs and, and notoriety to the startups I have is through my podcast and through, you know, content that I do, I relatively try to shout out the companies I work with all the time. Right. Uh, absolutely. That's great. And, uh, coming over to uh, my next question, which is about, uh, what do you, what do you think is going to, uh, is, is the future going to hold for us? Uh, and since you're uh, at the forefront of these futuristic technologies, whether it's eSports or uh, the created economy, everything is like starting out right now and it's going to go a long way. So what do you think does the future look like uh, maybe in the next five to 10 years? You know, that's a very good question. Um, I personally don't know. And, and you know, like the, the funny thing is like, if you asked me five years ago, about like esports and the creator's face, I could have come up with like a hundred different ideas. Um, and I think it's just because so many interesting things have happened throughout the the last, you know, 10 years that I've been, you know, chasing the creator economy, chasing esports, uh, that I got to a point where it's like, I can't predict where things are going to go. Things are going to happen. And I, I'm just excited to see it. You know, when, you know, Astralis, which was a Danish organization, got put onto the uh, stock market there in, in Denmark. I was appreciative of that. When, you know, teams like the Cowboys started buying esports, teams like Complexity, I was proud of that. When, the you know, again, people like Mr. Beast led to, you know, Night Media and building a, a world-class talent agency and then, you know, investing in startups and having, you know, a real proof for creators being LPs and, all sorts of different things happening in, in you know the creator economy. You know, I, I think you know it's fair to say like this could happen, but I don't think a lot of people would have expected it as fast as it, it happened. Absolutely, absolutely, I totally agree. And now, um, moving on to a rapid fire round, which I wherein I'll ask you five quick questions about uh, your investing, and you have to give five quick answers. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right. So the first one is: What are the sectors and regions you invest in? That's a good question. So. I invest into companies within the esports space, within the media space, um, the consumer space, and the fintech space, and 
I'm sure there's going to be some other areas that I invest into. Um, I'm, I'm really big on just cons- companies that focus on consumers and community. Um, you know, given, you know, as someone who's an influencer, I believe if, if you're focusing on, you know, people first and community first, things are going to thrive. Absolutely. And uh, what's the typical stage of investment that you target? So the typical stage I, you know, target is anywhere from pre-seed to series A companies. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting companies I've invested into, um, you know, that, you know, starting out at like a pre-seed stage, you know, raised millions of dollars. Um, there are some interesting companies like Assure Printed Homes I recently inv- uh, invested into uh, where they're building 3D printed homes and ADUs. Um, and, and, you know, they're a company actually from my hometown in, in California. So it's it, that's something great. Um, there's been companies that I've invested into. Uh, one of the more outrageous ones I did was uh, investing into uh, Northern Pacific Airways, which is uh, launching hopefully here in the like next year or two uh, that's doing transatlantic from um like asia and and other countries to the u.s so like there's things like that um there's companies uh, i'm investing into in in the real estate space that are, are uh, amazing um media companies like zencaster i i recently did investments in uh, so there there's tons of different companies that i'm investing into uh there's some in the media space and the um, EV space that I'm investing into and some of those have half a billion or almost a billion dollar valuation so the, the I wish I could share the name of those but I haven't uh, publicly announced them yet either. So. Yeah that's great uh, great to hear like a wide uh, range of uh, startups that you've bagged in like multiple sectors and uh, what's, what's the typical check size that you put in? This is going to be sort of an odd answer from a lot of other angel investors or VCs I don't have a typical check size. Uh, and when I talk to founders all the time uh, about this, it's because, you know, as someone who comes from a creator standpoint, realizing no two creators or, or brands are the same, I look at it and go, not all, you know, the same startups are the same, right? Just because Y Combinator gets, you know, a $100 million fund and then splits it evenly between every company, you know, you're not valuing is one company better than the other in some aspect or, or is one you know having a higher uh, rate of growth or are they you know having more industry traction you know so I, I tell a lot of founders that hey I'm not going to invest the same as I did to another company in another sector or even the same area as you because you might be doing something different that I like that that company isn't and you know I, I think it, it creates a little bit of um, freshness and I think it also creates a little bit of competition for some companies to to really work hard towards you know uh, more investing right absolutely yeah yeah that's absolutely a very very good answer and uh, where can founders pitch you in case there's a direct way I mean there's a couple of different ways that people can reach out you know typically I'd say through my personal Twitter uh, is where a lot of founders can reach out to me even if it's something where it's like hey you're not ready to pitch but you want to get advice on a pitch deck or on the company or you know something that you you know you think about like i'm super open to always talking with people getting on phone calls or zoom calls with people and really trying to you know help better people um but when it comes to pitching i would say definitely that and i think as well um my vc's website that being will have a, a forum set up sometime soon in the next 
week or two for people to um, officially like pitch out to us. Right. Uh, great. And my last one is about my last question is about uh, where can our listeners follow you? Well, there's a myriad of different places you can follow me. Again, being an influencer, I'm on I think almost every social media platform. I think besides MySpace, uh, that's the one platform I never got onto was MySpace. Um, but um, you know, the biggest way I would say people can can follow me. Uh, is I have a link in bio through the company known as Pillar.io, and the the link to that is Taze.tv, um, and you're able to see all my social medias, my my YouTube content, my podcast, you know, sign up for my, my newsletter, uh, all sorts of different things that I do. So uh, that's the easiest, most simplest way to find me. Absolutely, that that's great because I was thinking it's going to be a lot of work uh, putting down the shoulders for this episode. But then there's, there's this, <laughs> now there's that one link that I can put, and everyone can go there and find all your other links there. So great, I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for coming on, Tristan. I love the work that you're doing, and I'm very excited about the future that you're going to invest in and build in esports and in the creator space. Uh, thank you for coming on and. Happy investing. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on the podcast. My pleasure.